bagpipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out The Big Rap Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. Be sure to check out G1 on Facebook and on G1Reads.com. Their G1 Platinum Chanter and G1 Platinum Reads famously played by the 2016 Champion of Champions in Verarian District. Plus, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there. Welcome along to another Big Rab Show podcast. Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel that our introductions to the podcast aren't grand, grand enough. You know, I listen to some podcasts myself, and some of the introductions are just like, I don't know, they're almost works of art. <clears throat> you know, they're so well rehearsed, and uh, yeah, just epic. <laughs> Mines are always kind of pathetic. It's like, hello. <laughs> so, but anyway, it is what it is. Welcome to another Big Rap Show podcast. We are the show for the piping folks. So if you haven't listened to us before, welcome. Uh, It seems to be, I keep saying this, but with each and every podcast we release, we get new listeners each and every week. So, hi. Brilliant to have you along. Welcome. Now, we have a packed show this week on the podcast because last week I brought you all the action from the UK Championships I brought you interviews with some of the Red Hot Chili Pipers the guys from St Lawrence some of the guys from New Ross and ah, it was just too many to mention we had a really packed show and yeah if you haven't checked out last week's podcast please do it was a big one and yeah I'm actually still suffering from the effects of the sunburn I've got <laughs> the UK Championships uh, yeah I'm this is kind of gross, but I'm still bright red and peeling and really sore, and it's horrible. Yeah, do you know, us Northern Irish people just aren't designed for sunshine. So, <laughs> but then again, I seem to have that kind of skin that just goes bright red, almost purple, and then white again. It's, you know, I'm weird that way. But, hey, it is what it is. I'm rambling. Right, yes, go and check out last week's episode if you haven't already. Last week's was a clinker, because we had a recording on there as well of Inverary, by the way, so it's definitely worth catching. So there you go. Right, guys, let's start this week's podcast with some listener mail. We're going to do some catch-up, because we've got quite a bit here to catch up with. So, let's start at the very start. <clears throat> got an email here from John Bell, saying, Hey, Rab, Rab Meister, Big Rabby. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he says, I love the podcast. I would like to thank you for all your hard work doing the podcast every week. I was not on board at the start, but subscribed from about week four and listened to them all. Thanks, John. Appreciate that, mate. He goes on to say, I have recently started in a pipe band, the Highland Pipes and Drums of New South Wales, Australia. Please shout out for all the members. So there you go. That's a shout out to the New South Wales, Australia Pipes and Drums. Happy days. Grand. So he said he started at the ripe old age of 46 playing the bass drum. Wow. <laughs> well done, John. Um, so, yeah, he's saying his only regret is that he did not know about this years ago as he would have been so much better. I don't know about that. You know, well, you know, you've missed out on the world of music, but hey, you're in it now. He says he loves the podcast. Please keep up the great work. And I love to say hi. Uh... If, you, if our band comes to our part of the world in a few years, uh, yeah, help, let me see, if your band comes to the world, 
in a few years or you come down under. I have no idea what that meant there, John. I kind of lost a bit there. But yeah, I think John is basically saying he's looking forward to meeting me if the band ever does make its way up here. So, fantastic. There's a shout out to your band there, John. And thank you very much for sending in your email. Now, another such email came in from Big Dave. Yeah, he says, just running a thought by you, Rob. Okay, Dave. So he says, we have champion of champions for overall bands. And a champion of champions for the drum corps. What do you think about having one for pipe corps? Hmm. Interesting thought, Dave. But it's almost as if you read my mind. It's kind of weird that you emailed me about this. Because this week's topic was going to be about the champion of champions. So, uh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's kind of a spoiler for the topic of the week. But, yeah. Thanks, Dave. He's also said a second thought of the day. Uh, You have talked on previous podcasts about capping numbers. Yes, I did talk about capping numbers and what a can of worms that was. So, Dave believes that capping numbers so that bands could compete with the same number of players. For example, football teams compete with 11 versus 11 and rugby competes with 15 versus 15. So, if bands in the same grade competed with the same number of players it would make it more an even playing field as opposed to a band going on with 27 plus pipers compared to a band with 15 or 16. Yeah, that's what we were chatting about in previous podcasts, about trying to create an even playing field. So he goes on to say the smaller bands are beat before a note is played, no matter how well they play. Big Dave. Thanks, Dave. Now... There is a counter-argument to this. Bands that have 27-plus pipers are harder to control. Trying to manage that amount of people on the field is not an easy task. And to be able to produce a real high-quality performance with 27 players, some would argue, is more difficult than trying to produce a high-quality performance with 15 or 16. So, from one aspect, they make up you know, what they lack in numbers, you know, it's it's a, it's a difficult balancing act. I don't know what I was trying to say, but, yeah, I think it's a topic we're not going to see the end of, Dave, anytime soon, uh, the whole number cap thing. I do know the association are aware of the concerns of the piping world out there, and they have been very interested in the debate that we have raised on our show. We've been talking about it now for a few weeks, uh, a while ago, about the number cap on the live show on Fuse. Uh, but now we've been talking about it here in the podcasts. Um, yeah, they're still interested. You know, there is still, you know, a body of people out there who believe a number cap should happen. You know, so I don't think this topic is going to go away anytime soon. So, Dave, thank you very much for your email, pal. I really appreciate it. Okay, we got an email in from Aaron Patterson. What about you, Aaron? Thank you again for emailing into us. Now he says, "Hey, Rab, love to listen at work." I work as an instrument repair woman at a music store and get to listen to whatever I like in my repair room downstairs. So in in reply to my question about how old uh, till you put up the pipes, or pick up the pipes, I think that meant. So at least for me, I hope to be playing as long as my body will let me. And that's Erin. So Erin... Thank you very much for getting in contact with me. And she's even sent a photograph of her in her repair shop listening to the show. Now that was epic. (laughs) I think I asked the question before on a previous podcast. What do you guys do as you're listening to the Big Rab Show? 
Because I'm fascinated. Because you could be doing the dishes, you could be going to the gym, you could be driving a tractor, you could be, I don't know, any amount of different things. So, hey, Aaron's listening and work, repairing stuff as we speak. So, Aaron, keep up the good work and keep up the piping. And yeah, yeah, as long as your body will let you. <laughs> I think that's the case for a lot of people. You know, because piping does take stamina. It's not easy. Grant, well, we got a email here from Ailey. Of course, the piping queen. I think, am I saying that right? Yeah, this is something, I've been calling her the piping queen now for a while, but I've been told that it's wrong. It's like an Aberdeenshire word, uh, and it's pronounced quine. So, yeah, I hope I'm getting that right, Ailey. So, hey, Rab, I think I heard you say, you're doing a podcast soon about the journey of learning the pipes. Yes, I am. This one's been in the in the works now for a while. And it's, do you know what? I'll be honest. I've started planning for this podcast now a couple of weeks ago. Since I finished the big, the big story about the disabled players. Once I finished that one, I started work on what I, I'm now going to be calling the learning journey. Um, what I'm quickly finding is that it's going to have to be maybe a two or maybe three parter because it's such a big topic area. Everyone's learning journey is different. So pff, I don't know. Yeah. But yes, we are putting that together at the minute. <clears throat> so Ailey says, I thought I would share my story with you as it's different to probably any other piper you will come across. Oh, Okay, so this is Ailey's story. I think we can go into this now. It's interesting. It'll spark a bit of debate, I think. Okay, I started playing about five years ago in my early 20s and ended up learning more by accident than anything. For some reason, the conversation came up in work as to whether the fingering on the bagpipes was the same as a recorder. We had all played the recorder at primary school, but none played the bagpipes, so we didn't know. And that was the end of a rather thrilling conversation. It must have been exam time because I ended up procrastinating, procrastinating, I'm just about talking about, while I should have been revising and ended up on YouTube looking up the bagpipe scale to answer this question. I followed the guy through the scale on a pen or something and that was the start of my plan. I figured out how to play a few tunes on a pen. Being a Highland dancer, I have grown up with pipe tunes but still had no idea at this point that em embellishments existed. A friend had a spare chanter that he lent me, and I found a tutorial website that took me through the basics of pipe music, showing how the embellishments look on the music and audio clips of how they should sound. Once I had that, I went off in search of tunes. I wanted to play generally dancing tunes that were familiar to me. The Clumsy Lover was then one of the first tunes I ever learned. Now, that's impressive. Clumsy Lover's not a small tune, really. <laughs> so, take my hat off. Clumsy Lover? Wow. I was addicted straight away. I played the piano up to grade 7 when I was younger, so I had the advantage of a good understanding of music theory, which helped a huge amount. I decided to keep my piping a secret from friends and family, and after a year or two, decided it was time to surprise them. I let my dancing teacher in on the secret and I performed a set at the finale of her dancing concert, much to everyone's amazement. I had a number of friends involved in folk music in this area and I ended up playing at a session with them and we eventually formed a Cayley band. I took my playing on leaps and bounds 
or this took my plane on leaps and bounds. And I gained confidence in playing in front of upwards of 400 people at times. Wow, <clears throat> that's impressive. So with a few gigs in the music hall in Aberdeen, that's impressive. So she came across the Piper's Dojo online. Ah, yes, the Piper's Dojo. What an awesome web- website. So that's ran by Andrew Douglas, who plays with Inverary, of course. And his online piping school, the Dojo University. His great tuition transformed my playing and continues to do so. After another year or so, I decided to set up the Pipe and Quine Facebook page and started recording videos out and about. My first video on top of a hill with my dad filming with his drone has now shared over 1,300 times, which really shocked me. I do the videos as a record for myself more than anything else and to see how my piping is improving over time. It's nice that they also get a good response from other people. I am very aware that my piping isn't up to much. Ah, come on. You're selling yourself short there. Uh, But I always know what I need to work on and I practice a huge amount to sort these things. My videos also highlight to me what I need to work on. I am a long way off the standard I want to be playing at, but I'm really motivated and determined to get there. I have lots of great things coming up, which is really exciting, including having some of my tunes published in a book, joining a big-name band as a reserve piper, and having my first solo gig as the support act for a certain Mr. Fred at the end of the year. Oh my god! Really? Oh, wow! Well, now, okay, I think I just lost my head a wee bit there. Wow! Fred, you guys don't know that I am a huge Fred Morrison fan. I think, oh. Okay, take a breath, Rob. Okay, you're going to be warming up for Fred Morrison? Wow, that's incredible. Well done. So, she goes on to say, I'm really excited to see where my piping takes me in the future. A lot has come out from a pretty dull conversation in the staff room one day at work. <laughs> I never thought then that I would achieve even half of what I've done so far. I just love it. I'm completely obsessed. No lessons, no pipe band, pretty much no marches. But even if I did it again, I wouldn't do it any other way. I have loved the freedom of being able to learn whatever tune I want, when I want, and being able to play in my own style and express the tunes as I wish. Onwards and upwards. (laughs) Wow. That's a fantastic story. So she said, sorry for the quite long-winded email. Feel free to shorten it if I wish. No, didn't want to shorten it at all. I thought the story was worth telling. Uh, So, yeah. And she says, if it's relevant to the podcast, I could use it. So, of course. So she says, she loves the live shows and the podcast. Keep up the great work, Ellie. Thank you very much, Ellie, for getting in contact with us. Really appreciate your email. Thank you. And if anything, it's interesting to hear your learning journey story. This is what I'm finding for a lot of bagpipers and drummers. Everyone, everyone has a different story. And that's the big thing I take from this. Every piper and every drummer, they're all different in their own little subtle ways. And I don't know, there's just so many different ways how people come to learn. And then even how they learn, how they practice even is different. It's such a fascinating topic and one that I will be addressing whenever we hit that big podcast. Well, I'm putting a dose of work in yeah the learning journey will be coming soon so guys that's it for listener mail for this week 
Thank you to absolutely everyone who's emailed in. We've got a whole load of other messages from people saying that they've enjoyed the coverage of the UK Championships and all the live streaming and everything that we've been doing. So thank you everyone uh, who emailed in and messaged us as well saying thank you. Uh, for people who can't make it on the day to the major championship, it's great to have this service. And that's exactly why we're there. You know, people are asking, are we doing it for profit? You know, are we making a fortune? No, we're not. If anything, we're doing it at a loss. <laughs> but hey, we're doing it for you guys. Because we are aware that there are people internationally that just won't have the means to attend every major championship in the UK calendar. So, you know, it's up to us to try and bring all this action to you. So, thank you to everyone who tunes in and tells your friends, Hey, Rob, streaming the day. Check it out. Thank you. Now... Let's get on to the piping news, shall we? Because our live streaming is a part of it. Now, this past weekend was the Lurgan Championships. A little small regional championship here in Northern Ireland. So let's go through some of the results. Okay, the drum majors. Novice champion went to Lewis Anderson of the Crozier Memorial. Well done, Lewis. Junior champion went to Jamie Couples of October. Well done, Jamie. The juvenile champion went to Emma Barr of the Field Marshal Montgomery. And the adult went to Jason Price of Ravara. So there you go. That was our drum majors there in fine form. And if anything, it's kind of... um, I find myself repeating myself most weeks now. These guys are certainly finding their form. So congratulations, all you prize winners. Still in winning ways. Now, I have to give a special congratulations to Alicia Dixon Hamilton of the Matt Boyd Memorial. Of course, if you don't know Alicia, she's an adult drum major and uh, she's recently been mentioned in the New Year's Honours list. And what that means is that she'll have, she'll be awarded a British Empire medal by Her Majesty the Queen. There you go. And she'll have proper bona fide letters after her name. What about that? So she will be Alicia Dixon Hamilton, B-E-M. Isn't that cool? Yeah, so congratulations, Alicia. A testament to all of your hard work in the piping world and all around. So, yeah, just congratulations. Well done. Now, let's get on to the bands. Okay. Grade 4B went to Kildog. It was a clean sweep for Kildog, and they managed to lift the drumming as well. So, well done, Kildog. On to Grade 4A, the winners were St Mary's Derry Trasna. Continuing their winning form, St Mary's are just... Yeah, they're they're on a roll at the moment. So well done, everyone at St Mary's. And the drumming went to Kolobaki. Now, that was a bit of a shock. Everyone was kind of expecting perhaps St Mary's to lift it. Maybe even the McDonald Memorial could lift it too. But, hey, here we go. We have Kolobaki lifting it. So well done. Now, on to grade 3B, Battle Hill lifted it. What? Now, What? <laughs> Yeah, everyone was kind of expecting on the day the Quinn Memorial would continue their winning streak. But no, here we have Battle Hill. They came up and lifted the top spot. They lifted the top spot with two first places in piping. So that's not to be sniffed at. So well done, Battle Hill. Two firsts in piping. Wow. Now the drumming, however... It went to the Mighty Quinn. So well done, Quinn Memorial. You lifted the drumming title there in 3B. And you also finished second behind Battle Hill. So, yeah, hard fought there, guys. Well done. Now, on to grade 3A, went to Drumlock. Now, Drumlock are still continuing a winning way as well. So them guys are having a great season. So well done, everyone at Drumlock. 
The Drummond title went to Upper Cross Gar. So well done, Upper Cross Gar. Grade 2 went to Klaus Kelts. Klaus Kelts still continuing their kind of domination here <laughs> in the Grade 2 ranks in Northern Ireland. So well done, Klaus Kelts. And they lifted the Drummond as well. Now, Grade 1. We had a Grade 1 in Lurgan. And congratulations to the Police Service of Northern Ireland, PSNI, who lifted the top spot. And the drumming went to Blairy and District, Mr Eric Ward and co. So congratulations, everyone. Now, in other piping news, that was Lurgan. In last week's podcast, I have to say, I screwed up. <laughs> no three ways about it. There was a part on the show, well, the podcast, where I overheard a band playing the black bear and I said to myself oh who's playing Killaloo in fact in fact I think I said it a few times I th- yeah I think I caught myself saying it well maybe twice three times oh who's playing Killaloo oh what was I thinking but if you noticed this happened after the interviews in the bear tent <clears throat> so I'll say nothing more Nothing more, nothing more. So there you go. The band was not playing Killaloo. The band was playing playing the Black Bear. So there you go. That was my mistake. And I have now rectified that mistake. <laughs> so you can all stop messaging me. I know I got it wrong. <laughs> Do you know the funny thing? Is once I had it recorded and I switched the recorder off. I realised, oh, Rob, you're a dipstick. You got it wrong. But then, do you know something? By that stage in the game... I had already made the mistake. So, hey, do you know what? Maybe this could be a new section of the podcast. Stuff Rab gets wrong. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool for you guys to message in. Uh, on this week's podcast, uh, you mentioned that somebody has 15 pipers. Well, they don't. They've got 12. Are you some kind of a dipstick or something? You're no good. I'm not listening to this tribe anymore. That's it. Had enough. Unsubscribe. <sighs> I'm just going on a bit of a rant now. Don't mind me. Grant. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. But hey, I do make mistakes. <laughs> right, now, well, we're talking there about Blairy and District lifting the Drummond title. Now, we've got a bit of sad news, actually, from Blairy over the weekend. Yeah, unfortunately, during the March past at Lurgan competition this past weekend, Mr. Eric Ward, the legend, apparently had taken very ill. Now, this was very worrying. In fact, he was taken away by St. John's Ambulance. And taken away to the local hospital. Just about talk. Taken away to the local hospital in Craigavon. And thanks to the swift action of the ambulance crew. Got him in the place where he really needed to be. And thankfully. You know. He's feeling grand now. You know. He's really on the road to recovery. So Blairian District put out the statement. To tell everyone just what happened. So Eric obviously had taken ill during the march past. And the St John's ambulance crew. Whisked him up the road. Blue lights and woo all that getting Eric to hospital he's now since had a very you know quick operation and is well on the mend so I have to say as much as I was sad to hear that Eric wasn't well I was quickly reassured to say that he's on the mend so that's fantastic to hear all of us here on the Big Rab Show wish Eric the very best we have had a previous interview with him as well if you haven't caught that yet that's in a previous podcast Eric is such a gentleman and what a nice guy and if anything he really has such a wealth of knowledge of the piping world. He's been and done it all. You know, it's such a fascinating man and what a gentleman. And 
Yeah, so sad that he's in bad health. So get well soon, Eric. All of us in the piping world have a big affection for you. We really hope that you find your feet soon, sir, and you're back on the grass competing and juking it out with everyone again. Because I have to admit, Blurry Drum Corps have been sounding fantastic this year. Just out of this world. So, what happens to Blurry in the meantime while Eric is trying to get back on his feet? Well, the decision has been made that his son, Cameron, will be leading the drum corps. So there we have it. Cameron Ward will be leading the drum corps in Eric's absence as he tries to get well enough to get back to the circle again. So best of luck to Cameron as he ticks up the leadership role. But yeah, no harm to you, Cameron. But we really want to see Eric fighting fit again. (laughs) Just because he's such a legend. But I'm sure, Cameron, you will do a fantastic job. So best of luck to everyone there in Blairy. Best wishes to Eric and all the family. Now... Let's talk about it. This weekend, it's Forez. Can you believe it? The European Championships are finally here. This would make the third major already this season. Can you believe This season is just flying in. It's almost as if it's going past in a blink. Someone just tell the calendar to slow down, please. You know, come on. So here we are. The European Championships. Let's break it down. I think I've done this before, but I'll break it down again. Grade 4B. We have 23 bands. That'll have to be broken down then to a final of 12. Grade 4A, we have 18 bands. Grade 3B, 11. Grade 3A, 11. Grade 2, 11. (laughs) Noticing a pattern there. And in Grade 1, we have 13 bands. So not a bad competition, but to be fair, it's a major championship. And the entry is kind of small. Now, we were talking about this all on the live show on Fuse FM through the week. And, yeah, we were talking about why is the entry so small, specifically from bands from Northern Ireland. There is no one from Northern Ireland in any of the other grades other than Grade 1. Now, this kind of begged the question, why? And then through a series of debate and text messages and Facebooks and tweets and all that sort of stuff that we got through the live show, we came to the conclusion that it came down to the simple matter of cost. Apparently, Forez is an amazing venue. I've never actually been, and it's probably one of my biggest regrets. I have never been to Forez, or Forest. I keep pronouncing it wrong. But yeah, I've been told that this competition is probably the best in the calendar. Which is quite a big boast, but a lot of people are saying it. You know, they're saying they have vendors coming out your ears. <laughs> they have like a craft village. They have like, stalls all over the place. Uh, you know, they have Highland dancing stages. They have strongman events. They have it's just a huge, huge, big festival with so much going on, as well as the bagpiping. Do you know what I mean? Like, the bad, the bagpiping is not the main feature here. Well, it is, because it's a major championship. But, at the same time, there are other events going on as well. So, if bagpiping isn't your thing, you'll be well entertained for the day. You can still go and have a real good time. So, I guess it comes back to what I was talking about in a previous podcast about vendors. Yeah. And again, thank you to Burgess Bagpipes for chatting to us on that previous podcast there on the UK's. I really take my hat off to them, guys, for making the journey over. 
It was incredible to see them. And when I was chatting to the guys after the UK Championships, apparently they had a ball. They had a great time and really enjoyed chatting to everyone who was at the UK Championships. If anything, the whole UK Championships, I think, actually surprised them. They didn't actually warrant it being as big as it was. (laughs) I don't think they kind of um, expected the kind of crowd that would attend such an event. So... Hey, surprise, Burgess Bagpipes. <laughs> I really hope to see you at more events now um, because it will be great to see you. Um, yeah, just the more vendors we get at competitions, just gets my vote. You know what I mean? Bring it on. The more people who can be there and, yeah, I don't know, just all the better. Do you know what I mean? So, again, take my hat off to Burgess Bagpipes. If you haven't checked them out yet, please do. Their products are pretty amazing. To be fair, these guys are producing some real top quality instruments. Go and check them out. They're worth a look. Okay, so that's Forez. This weekend, I'm reluctant to start talking about predictions. A lot of people seem to think it's going to be Inverary's. A lot of people saying, no, it's going to be Field Marshal's. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> if I was to be honest, I really don't know. For us, this, this weekend for Grade 1 is going to be MSR. So, <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. It could be any band's game this weekend. And that's what makes the European Championship so exciting. Because it's so open. Any band could lift this. Any band could just go in there, play out of their skin, and win the thing. You know what I mean? It's so open. And look, I'll be painfully honest with you. As a spectator... We've already had two major championships with two winners. Two different winners. Two championships, two different winners. We've had Inverary, and now we've had the Field Marshal. You know, I really want a third. So here we are with the third major championship. I want a third winner. I want another band to come in there and win it. Don't get me wrong, as much as I love Inverary, and as much as I love the Field Marshal Montgomery, it just makes it so much more interesting as a spectator. You know what I mean? To have so many bands in the mix that could possibly go to Glasgow and lift the big one. Oh, it would just, you know, for me as a fan and a spectator, I just think it would be awesome to have another band reach in there and lift the top spot. And let's face it, there are many, many bands in that grade that are quite capable of doing it. We have St. Lawrence Atul, whose drum corps is just on fire at the minute. Have you heard them? Oh, my word. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so Lawrence Atul, plus you have Shots, Shots and Dykehead, who just have that Shots and Dykehead sound. It's just indescribable. Whenever you're standing watching them live, I can just liken it to uh, a church organ. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm, it's just gorgeous. So, here, anyway, I'm going to go on and start rambling about who I'm thinking is going to win the European. But I don't think anyone will get this one right. I don't think anyone can predict it because grade one is so close at the minute. It's just, <laughs> you couldn't split them. You really couldn't. I honestly don't know. Uh, I think the worst job on the day will be the judges. I do not envy the judges at all. It's going to be so difficult to split these bands. So, hey, 
Best of luck to everyone at Forez. It's going to be really interesting watching it. So, uh, yeah, as part of the piping news, us here on The Rab Show, we will be live streaming it. Yeah, we will be covering as much as we possibly can, but we will definitely be covering all of Grade 1 plus your all-important results. So, if you can't make it this weekend to Forest, like me, yeah, we will be there. Live streaming and presenting it to you all live on Facebook as it happens. So, if you haven't yet, please tell your mates that, yeah, go and check out the Big Rab Show Facebook page and give them a follow or a like or all that sort of stuff because that's where we will be posting our live streaming. Definitely worth checking out. Okay, After talking about this on previous podcasts, we were talking about the theft of bagpipes. Recently, bagpipes were being stolen from people's cars, was the last story that I mentioned. But recently, the Simon Fraser University recently suffered the same fate. They've had two Adanti snare drums with harnesses and cases all stolen from a drummer's car that was parked at a house. Now, this... You have to think about what this thief's motivation is. Because everyone in the piping world knows who Simon Fraser University is. Everyone knows what the Simon Fraser University logo looks like. And yeah, for those of us who are interested enough, we know what their drums look like. They're covered in SFU branding. They have the big red SFU badge on the shell of the drum. They have it all over the harness. I think they have it on the harnesses as well. Could be wrong. I think they do. And they also have it on the carry case for the snares as well. They have it, you know, written all over it. Simon Fraser University pipe band. It's all branded. You know, there's no mystery as to what band this drum belongs to. So. This thief or whoever managed to lift two snare drums with this logo plastered all over them. So you just wonder, will this thief try to go into a pawn shop and say, Hey, I got this brand new Adapti snare drum I want to sell. Clearly, the guy owning the shop is going to say, "Uh, Where did you get these? (laughs) Now, this has been all over the media in Canada, specifically. I think it's been on a lot of local press over there. I have been covering it here as well. It's all over social media at the minute. They're trying to trace these snare drums. I think Simon Fraser University are not interested in persecuting anyone. They're not looking at conviction or anything. All they're really interested in is getting their instruments back. Because let's face it, these drums aren't cheap. I think for an Adanti snare, you're talking about 700-odd pounds, so... I don't know what that is in dollars, but that's a lot of money for one drum, and two of them have gone missing. And that's not even to mention the harnesses. The harnesses themselves probably cost upwards of 100 odd quid. Not to be sneezed at. <clears throat> so that the drums were stolen, the harnesses were stolen, the cases were gone. They also managed to steal a backpack which had some personal items in. So, just a rotten situation to begin with. Why these drums were taken, we don't know. And what the potential thief plans to do with them, who knows. But rest assured, if these drums turn up anywhere, like on a stage somewhere, or in someone else's band, or something like that, they're going to have this big logo printed all over them. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And you're going to notice, oh, that's this pipe band, and they're playing two Simon Fraser and that, that is... It just doesn't make sense. Do you know what I mean? They're a very distinctive instrument. 
I think whoever stole these has really stolen some hot property and they're going to have a very difficult time to try and get rid of them. <laughs> so if you know any information out there at all of as possibly where the whereabouts of these drums would be, please get in contact with the band. They're wanting to get anyone to contact them through their social media. You all know Simon Fraser has you know a, a Facebook and all that sort of stuff. So you can get in contact with them and hopefully help them to retrace the drums. Now, on Sunday, the 18th of June, yes, a pipe band competition finally returned to Princess Street Gardens in Edinburgh. Now, this was a big deal. <clears throat> and I think for a lot of people, it slipped under the radar. This was after an absence of nearly 17 years. The Edinburgh Pipe Band Championships finally took place again in the Ross Theatre and West Princess Gardens in Edinburgh. Wow. Now this was, okay, I say it was on Sunday the 18th and it was, yeah, it was pretty well attended. There was 23 bands in all uh, managed to attend it, all the way from Novice Juvenile all the way up to Grade 1. And what made this competition interesting, it wasn't the usual kind of competition where a band would march in and circle up. This one was presented in a way that a crowd was sitting in a grandstand and the band marched on and formed into concert formation in a large semicircle. Pipers formed up in a large semicircle with drummers standing behind them, as if they were standing on a stage for concert. Then, the pipe major asked the judges were they ready. Judges gave them the nod. The pipe major said, one, two, and they started the rolls. And that was it. And you know what, Matt? It's so interesting to watch. Boghall and Bathgate Pipe Band managed to live stream their Grade 1 performance. And of course they lifted the Grade 1 title on the day. So well done to Boghall. So <clears throat> if you haven't yet, go on to the Big Rab Show Facebook page. We have that video up there of Boghall competing at the Edinburgh Pipe Band Championships. And it's fascinating to watch. Watching this band, instead of circling up and turning their backs on the crowd, you know, they stood in concert formation. And you're able to see everyone. It's fantastic. <laughs> you're able to see all the hands. You're able to see if someone's maybe made a little slip or something. You know, it's all very obvious whenever they're standing facing you. It's very daunting. And I'm sure it's a different world as well. You know, pipers sometimes might have that chance to kind of turn their back on a judge and think, oh, just made a wee slip there. I'll just keep the hands moving until I find my part. And uh, nah, nah, I'm back in again. You know, but whenever you're standing facing the judge, there's <laughs> no room to hide there. So, I don't know, it's possible food for thought, I think. We have talked about this before in previous podcasts about possible adjustments in the format, and this format, I think, worked very well. The crowd certainly seemed to love it because the band was all facing the crowd, so any photographs that they would get you know, had everyone looking at them, so it was fantastic. You know, it was good from a spectator point of view. It was interesting from a band point of view. I think even from a judging point of view as well, it was interesting. So, hey, all in all, it was done in a way that people had been suggesting for a while and it seemed to work. So, I don't know. Could this be the possibility of the future? That maybe future competitions can be ran like this? I am aware that some competitions in the States actually have been ran like this, where bands form up in concert formation, so... Eh, who knows it could work it could work we've just seen it happen there in edinburgh so who knows right 
This is a local story for people here in Northern Ireland. I'm very aware that a lot of my listeners are international, but a lot of you guys also listen locally here in Northern Ireland too. So this one's for you. Tickets to the Belfast Tattoo 2017 are now available. Yes, this is going to be happening in the SSE Arena in Belfast as it does every year. And it's going to be epic. Trust me, I've seen the lineup. Oh my word. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. The Belfast Tattoo just seems to get bigger and bigger every year. And for us piping fans, it's a must. Because it's the end of the season and it's your last chance to soak up some piping music before everyone goes to ground and buries themselves away in little band halls all across the country and you don't see anybody again. So, yeah, what's the bands, Rab? What's the bands? Yeah, it's going to be featuring such bands as October Pipe Band, Brilliant Pipe Band, and of course, Manor Cunningham. Good the Manor! Yeah! had to give the manor a shout there because it's awesome to see manor cunningham coming back after their season away so yeah just brilliant to see manor and then if anything marching out at the tattoo i can't wait to see them it's gonna be awesome so this is gonna be definitely one event you're not gonna want to miss so if i have to tell you this now get your tickets now okay this runs from August the 31st through to September the 2nd. So you have quite a few dates in there with performances all through that you can go and attend. Now, don't be lazy and leave it to the last minute. So many times in previous years when we've been covering the Belfast Tattoo, I get messages from people saying, uh, Rob, is that tattoo thing on the night? Yeah. Uh, any chance you can get us a couple of tickets? No. <laughs> <laughs> because tickets for this event sell out like crazy. For some reason, people always leave it to the last minute. So there's always a big flurry for tickets in the last two to three days before the event opens its door. So what I'm saying is get in now. Get your tickets now, nice and early, so then whenever it comes the end of August, you have them in your hands and you can march through the door happy. So yeah, please do. Go and grab your tickets for it now. This is going to be one event for the piping fans you will not want to miss. SSE Arena in Belfast. Get them now. Okay, the Rig Rab Show. The Big Rab Show. We have merchandise coming your way. I've mentioned this on the live show a couple of times now. But many, many thanks to A1 Embroidery for hooking us up. We've been working for a while now, piecing together different logos, different kind of layouts, different... Uh, I am not a graphic designer by any means. You know, I could barely, you know, put a podcast together. So, but these guys helped us out a great deal. So thank you to A1 Embroidery. They've been putting it all together for us. So it's in the pipeline, pardon the pun. We will have some Big Rab Show t-shirts and hoodies and hats. and All of that kind of cool stuff for you guys to be able to get your hands on. So we have got some prototypes available. Uh, photographs of that are up on our Facebook page and Instagram and all that sort of stuff. It's all up there. And yeah, you can go and check out and see what the t-shirts look like. So if you do want to get your mitts on one, who knows, watch this space. We do hope to have... Yeah, them put in place soon. So check that out. Okay, one last little plug before we move on to the topic of the week is that the Big Rab Show podcast has finally launched a Patreon. Now, I pause for effect because everyone's either going to go, oh God, or they're going to go, uh, what? <laughs> a Patreon. Now, we have been asked countless times now over this last three or four weeks 
by people who listen to the podcast and also listen to the live show. They've asked if there is any way that they could possibly support us in what we're doing. That's why this has been set up. By no means has this been set up to beg for money. I have to stress that we're not coming cap in hand and saying, please pay us. No, not at all. This is for the people out there who kind of appreciate what we do and kind of really want to support us. So this gives them that opportunity. Now, I'm not saying that anyone out there who doesn't decide to take out a Patreon uh, with us, uh, you know, you'll be frowned upon because you will not, because you guys are all legends. But yeah, Patreon is basically a way for us to try reinvest in what we do. At the minute, whenever we live stream, it's basically a guy on the ground with a cell phone. And that's it. That's about as technical as it gets. We flip on to our Facebook page, press the go live button, and we point our phone at the action. And that's it. Also, on our podcast, it's basically me, a bit of a microphone, and I'm talking straight into a laptop. That's it. What I would love to do is be able to invest in the show, upgrade our equipment, maybe buy some really good mics and a great camera. And be able to up our game as far as the streaming is concerned. I've been chatting away to Drone Chorus. You know Drone Chorus on YouTube has passed by. And he's been telling me possibly you know the best setup for live streaming. And some of that gear isn't that expensive. So yeah. You know I might end up buying it myself. You know should I win the lottery. But <laughs> a Patreon basically is there for us to try and reinvest in the show. By no means will we be skimming off a profit and then I'll go and buy a yacht and sail off into the sunset. A Patreon is basically there for you guys, the listeners out there, who love what we do, appreciate all the live streaming and photos and all the news and stuff that we present. And it's a, a way for you guys to, yeah, drop a few quid if you want. Now, this is one of the big thing, if you want. Now, I'm not saying that our show's going to stop and become hidden behind a giant paywall because it won't we will continue to do what we do completely for free yeah it's just we had a bunch of people asking you know how can we help support the show so hey here it is you can go and check it out patreon search for the big rab show we have the links all up there on the facebook page all that sort of stuff and all the full details are up there what makes patreon cool though is that there's all sorts of different levels So say you want to start off with $5, then you can get a credit on the show. Or if you want to donate with a 10 or something, you know, there's different steps. And for your money, you get different little perks. You get different things sent to you. And, ooh, cool stuff. Cool Rab Show swag. So there you go. Go and check it out. It's worth a look. And, yeah, that'll probably be the last time I'll mention the Patreon on the podcast. Because I don't want to be one of these podcasts that's constantly battering down your throat. You must become a Patreon. Pay us money, damn it. No, we're not going to do that. It's there. We just told you about it now. It's there. If you're interested, go and check it out. If not, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But it is there for people who would like to support the show in some way or fashion. So we can possibly reinvest in things, buy some kick-ass microphones and bring you guys some amazing recordings. So, hey, who knows what the future brings. Grand. So that's it. Our Patreon, our merchandise, it's all coming. It's all happening here in the Rab Show. Never a dull moment. So I'm piecing together other podcasts for the future. It's busy. Busy, busy times. Right. 
It's time for me to throw up my heels. I think that's it for the piping news for this week. I think I've pretty well covered it. Time for a cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. Loud Pipes Visual Media is your dedicated resource for coverage of pipe bands from Northern Ireland. Loud Pipes Visual Media specialises in both photography and videography, so you don't only get to see the fantastic spectacle of piping and drumming, but you also get to hear it too. Loud Pipes Visual Media is always very keen to promote bands from Northern Ireland, so if you or your band has an event or you would like a specific photograph or video taken, please get in touch with Loud Pipes Visual Media on their Facebook page or contact Barbara on 07192314022 Pipe Band Hub promoting the pipe band scene since 2011 For all your news, results and performances follow them on Facebook, Twitter and with over 250 performances on their Audio Mac site to choose from make the Pipe Band Hub your first choice online when you pick up your phone Hello, this is Scott Wood, and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. The Big Rab Show on Fuse FM, Balamont. Tuesday nights, 7pm to 9. They are the show for the piping folk, reflecting everything from the bagpiping world. Celtic music, folk music, solo piping, and of course, pipe bands. Bagpipes are your thing. Tune in to The Big Rap Show. The Big Rap Show, Tuesday nights, 7 till 9, on Fuse FM, Bala Money. Yes, indeed, it's time for the topic of the week. And I think it was Big Dave who emailed us in there, um, for listener mail, who actually approached this topic. I'm going to be talking about the Champion of Champions. Now, for those of you who don't know what the Champion of Champions trophy is, uh, how to explain it? <laughs> this is difficult. It basically runs like a league, t- a league table. Say you were to follow soccer or football, right? And a team would play throughout the entire season, playing all these different games, and then all of your results get totted up, and they all equal a certain amount of points. And then at the end of the season, if you're in the top spot, you're noted as being the champion of champions, and you get a nice little trophy for your trouble. Now this, as Big Dave said in his email, happens for pipe bands. A pipe band gets an award as being champion of champion of grade whatever. And it also gets one to the drum corps. I love the ones for drum corps because you get a little plastic drum on a a wooden plinth. It looks cool. It's actually a really nice trophy. (laughs) And yeah, thankfully I've, I've managed to lift it a couple of times myself. So it's quite sweet whenever you lift it. Because... Yeah, the way I see the Champion of Champions uh, competition itself, it's a different animal, away from actual individual titles. So, as much as a band could be focused on winning the Worlds, sometimes bands could be focused on winning the Champion of Champions. Now, this is from experience. In my time, whenever I was competing full-time with all the different bands I've played with, Champion of Champions never really came into the conversation until maybe the end of the season. Now, as you noticed on the podcast here, you will notice that Inverarian District are the 2016 Champion of Champions. Now, some people have actually contacted the show and said, Nah, Rab, that's wrong. 
Inverary didn't lift the, the worlds. I was like, no. Listen to what it says. Champion of champions. Yes, we're very aware they didn't win the world championship, but we're not saying that. We're saying they're the champion of champions. It meant that consistently throughout the season, they managed to gain enough points to be placed top of the pile, basically. <laughs> I don't know, I'm kind of paraphrasing, and in a way I don't think I'm explaining it well enough. But the Champion of Champions trophy is one that I don't think bands give enough credit for. Because we have what we have this weekend, which is Fares. It's like a major championship. It's a huge event. And there's so many bands missing it. They're just not going. Now, do these bands make a calculated decision to say, well, if we don't go, then we'll not get any champion of champions points. You know, we'll not compete. We'll not get placed. We'll not get any points towards our champion of champions push. But the bands actually care do they really want to win that champion of champions trophy as cool as it is don't get me wrong see come the end of the season and all is said and done and the champion of champions is announced that's the icing on the cake now i've been there i've had really good seasons where i've won major championships all around the place and then just to have an extra trophy handed to you on the last competition of the season saying hey You've had a great year, pal. Have another trophy. Congratulations. You're a champion, a champion, or whatever that means. But you had a queer season. Here's another wee trophy for you. (laughs) And, you know, it was great. You know, I'm not denying it was fantastic to lift that trophy quite a few times now. So, not blowing me on trumpets. But I'm just saying, you know, do bands hold the same focus on it whenever you can actively pick and choose and say, "Eh, no, we're not going to the European. You know, because then does that ruin their chances of lifting a champion of champions? Does it not? Hmm. That's one to think about. Do bands actually look at the competition and see what bands are attending what competition and trying to gauge how many points they can get throughout the season against who would possibly be their main competition, you know, their main rivals? Hmm. Interesting. But you know what? Dave actually raised the point. The band wins a prize individually. The drummers win a prize individually. But why not the pipers? The pipers don't get one. And I'm not sure if drum majors get champion and champions. I don't know. You know, possibly could be wrong. Maybe they do get champion and champions trophies. I don't know. But, hey. This is a pretty small topic area. But it's a question I thought was worth asking because, well, for one, I had it in my head because of what happened in Forest and, you know, the entry for Forest being so low, I kind of thought, well, do bands care about the Champion of Champions? Or they're just going, nah, can't be bothered. Champion of Champion of Champions? Nah, can't be bothered about either. And for a lot of bands from experience, the Champion of Champions trophy came as a surprise. Some bands really weren't expecting it. <laughs> I have seen some bands... Now, I'm talking from experience. Our last competition here in Northern Ireland is a Portrush. We call it the Northwest Championships. And it finishes the season. And everyone goes to Portrush and has a 
great time and the grand finale happens and we read out all the prizes for grade one uh up to up to grade one and that's it it's done everyone thinks ah we're going home now but then they forget ah we have to go through and read the champion champions so you know i have seen bands actually making its way to the car park and then getting the announcement that they're champion champions and they go what hold on we were about to leave so, yeah, it's came as, as a surprise for some bands sometimes. And then, you know, bands that ordinarily wouldn't have been celebrating or anything that day. Maybe they had a bad run, but still had enough points throughout the whole season to win the Champion of Champions. Still were going home with a trophy. So, I don't know. Is it the same clout as what it used to be? You know, it's a nice thing to say that your band is the champion of champions. It sounds like a really grand title. But does it still have the same amount of clout as what it used to? I remember back in the day, sometimes bands really went out of their way to go to all really obscure places just to compete to get the champion of champions points. But then the focus kind of changed. It changed for bands. All they really wanted to seem to want to do now is win major championships. Champion and Champions Trophy, they couldn't give a stuff about. What they want is we spiky at the Worlds. That's all they want. They want that world title. That That's it. That's all that's in their crosshairs. And if they get the Champion and Champions, eh, so what? Whatever. I want the Worlds. That's mine. I want it. I want it. I want it. So... Is that the case? That bands are now concentrating more on winning major titles and the focus is off the champion and champions? The bands actively sit and chart their points. I remember being in a band once and they had a chart up on the wall. Um, with each week as the band got placed, you know, it doesn't matter what place. I think it was they award points from first down to sixth. I think, something like that. And for each place, it has a different points. It's all kind of complicated. Um, but yeah, we used to look at this league table kind of thing uh, and measure where other bands were in comparison to ourselves. And uh, we were looking towards the final competition of the season, thinking, God, have we got a chance to win this? Are we going to lift the champion? Of cha- we're going to lift the champion of bleeding champions, boys. Uh, you know, it was exciting. But I don't know if other bands had the same, you know, enthusiasm for the award. I don't know. I don't know. I do know from experience that most bands out there would love to have a Grand Slam. And of course, you know, if I'm talking about Grand Slams, I have to talk about the Field Marshal. (sighs) Come on. Those guys have had many's a dominant season now, where they have just won every major going. So... Yeah, they have shown that it can be done, you know. And has any other bands followed suit? Yes, there has been other bands to achieve that result as well in other grades. So, is that what bands are after? They're after the Grand Slam? They're after the major title? You know, they're after that drum sash? They're after that spiky trophy in Glasgow? You know, do they really care about the Champion of Champions? I don't know. I think for me, looking at things now, how the season rolls forward, especially this past couple of seasons, uh, you know, from maybe 2014, 2015, 16, 
Yeah, maybe since about 2014, I think the focus has went from the Champion and Champions Trophy to lifting major titles. Because does it sound better to say that you're European champion? Or does it sound better to say that you're champion of champions? And then you have to go and explain it to someone what that means. <laughs> See, I might have just had to explain it to you guys how it runs in like a league table. So, mm, which is better? To say that you're a world champion or to say that you're a champion of champions? Hmm. I don't know. But to be fair, the champion of champions for me personally is still interesting. It's still something that should be competed for. And it's disappointing when bands drop out of competitions because of, you know, for finance or but it's all understandable, I suppose. But yeah, like say they're leading in the top spot for the champion of champions and then suddenly drop out. You know, you kind of think, ah, come on, even if you placed fifth or sixth or something, you know, you're still getting those champion of champions points. You're still staying in the game, you know? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think possibly the Champion of Champions trophy has lost its shine. I don't think bands are as focused on it as what they should be. And that's disappointing for me because I think in my time it was just the best thing in the world. (laughs) Now, as you guys know from my introduction podcast, the World Championships is the one that got away. I have lifted every other major, uh, yeah, but I've never lifted the world's came close a couple of times got a couple of second places but always managed to get pipped to the post once by ensemble preference and once in the drumming so hey i'm not bitter i haven't hung on to that at all have i <laughs> no not at all no it doesn't haunt me so <laughs> but yeah i can say that i've lifted all the majors apart from the world's plus i've lifted the champion and champions a few times so it's quite cool to be able to say that you know so, but I'm just wondering, do other people, whenever they're running through their resume, do they say that as well? I managed to lift the champion champions. Do you know what I mean? Do people run that off? I don't know. Has it lost its luster? Or, I don't know, maybe it hasn't. And I'm just talking to myself and thinking, everyone's shouting at me right now going, No, Rap, everyone loves the champion of champions. What are you talking about, you crazy person? I don't know. but hey do you know something if you manage to lift the champion of champions that's not a small thing i have to say winning the world championships sure that's a massive deal that is like that's the top of the piping game you can't get any higher but then to lift the champion of champions as well that shows in my opinion consistency consistently placing in high positions in order to get yourself enough points to lift that trophy. That, for me, is what the Champion of Champions is. It shows consistency. Now, a lot of you out there could probably disagree. <laughs> in fact, you probably are right now. But I think that's what the Champion of Champions trophy means. Sometimes it could also mean that simply this band attended every competition going and maybe placed in the top six somewhere every week. Whereas, you know, you know, a different pipe band who is 50 times better than them, you know, maybe only turned up three or four times. You know, it's one of those things. It's a very strange topic area. 
And yeah, an interesting debate. I would like to know your guys' opinion. Now, I haven't given out the contact details yet on the podcast, podcast, so I will give them out now. If you have an opinion on the Champion of Champions trophy, uh, on and if you think it still has that, you know, desirability, please get in contact with me. Email me in bigrabshow at gmail.com. That email address again, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Com. And also, please send me in a voicemail. I haven't had a voicemail in a while. I think the last one we got there was from Noel Blake, uh, whenever we were talking about the disabled players. So, Noel, thank you again for your voicemail, pal. And, again, we're still getting messages in about that disabled show, by the way. So, loads of people seem to have really appreciated the work that we put in. So, thank you. Thank you very much. Also, check out last week's episode. It's a clinker, as we say here in Northern Ireland. It's a real good one. Go and check it out. So, yeah, please do get your messages into us because, yeah, a large part of our show is listener mail. And if you want to feature on listener mail, now's your chance. Send us in a quick message. Even you can get us on Facebook as well, The Big Rap Show on Facebook. And you can get us on Twitter. Although tweets are always very short, uh, so your message on the show will not be too long. It'll be, hey, Big Rap Show, you're grand. (laughs) Yeah, so that'll be it. So, yeah, those are the points of contact. As I said on previous podcasts, we are working on a bit of an exclusive podcast giveaway. That's to come. <laughs> Exciting times. I can't let the cat out of the bag. And I'm notorious for doing that. I always end up saying way too much. Anyway, guys, that's it for the podcast for this week. Hope you've enjoyed the topic of the week. And all the piping news, as always, best of luck to absolutely everyone going to Forez this incoming weekend. I cannot wait for it. same as every major it's like the Friday night before it it's like Christmas Eve you can't sleep it's ridiculous (laughs) it's like you're waiting on Santa Claus you're like oh that's a major tomorrow it's a major championship tomorrow and yeah crazy I know but hey that's what us piping fans are like we just love what we do so please do join in on our live streaming on Saturday as we bring you all the action from Forest all of grade one and the results will definitely be covered and we will cover as much else as we can, as much as we can point a camera at. Right, guys. <sighs> I'm out the door. Send us in your emails, send us in your messages, and until next week, we'll see you again. Well, that's it for another Big Rap Show podcast. Many thanks to our sponsors, good friends there at G1 Reads. Be sure to check them out on Facebook and at g1reads.com. The G1 Platinum Chanter is played by bands around the world, producing that rich, full-bodied tone. If you don't believe me, just listen to our Champion of Champions 2016 in Verarian District. Many thanks to our good mates there at G1. And until next time, we'll see you right here in the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.